going on, Broton? It's your boy Jerry, the TRX Pro Washington, and I'm here in General Fitness Company Studio recording episode number 145. That's right, episode number 145 of the TRX Pro Talks. And today is Thursday, so that means we have a throwback for you. And this throwback is actually uh, near and dear to my heart. It's one of the very first episodes that we ever recorded here. Uh, it's actually the ver- first solo episode I actually ever recorded besides my intro uh, episode, which I don't really count. That's just kind of like a uh, getting my feet wet episode. But this is my real first solo episode and uh, the reason why it's so near and dear to me because I actually sat down for a while thinking about it it's the 10 general life tips it's actually the uh, how I live my life I actually sat down for a little while and thought like how can I extrapolate these this my the way I live my life into like 10 tips or 10 ways to live almost like 10 commandments right so these are my quote-unquote 10 commandments for living but we actually broke this up we're gonna break this up into two parts because I don't want you to get overwhelmed and actually one through five rolled through six through ten so the thing is that you know if we can get through one through five to this week uh, you'll get a better understanding of what uh, how six through ten can help your life uh, later on so uh, I was going to read the the, the, the f- first five to you right off the bat here, but, you know, I figure let's just go and get into the episode. But before we get into the episode, you know, I'd really appreciate if you would share this podcast. You know, all you got to do is just uh, take a screenshot, put it up in your social media. You can also help me out by leaving a rating or review if you're on iTunes. And, of course, you can obviously subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet. Anyways, let's go ahead and get this show on the road. Episode number 145 of the TR Expert Talks. Ten, scratch that, five general life tips. Lego! Today we will be talking about ten general life tips. These ten tips will help you... What will they help you do? Well, they'll first of all help you live the good life. They'll help you live a more fulfilled life. You won't, you'll be uh, less concerned with other pe- what, what other people think. And you'll be uh, more effective in what you're doing. So, um, it's always good to be con- effective, right? Especially when you're not worried about or concerned about what other people are thinking. This is, this is kind of along the lines of that, but also have some, uh, some, uh, some practical life, life tips in there as well. Without further ado, here we go. Tip numero uno, number one. Don't try to be better, just be different. Let's talk about this. A lot of people try to be better, you know? Like, everybody talks about, I want to be better than so-and-so, or uh, I want to be like so-and-so. You know, I remember, like, back in the early 90s, they had those Michael Jordan commercials, like, I want to be like Mike, remember? Be like Mike, like Mike, if I could be like Mike. Anyway, so yeah. Everybody wants to be legendary, but if you look at the legends, if you look at every single one of those people from Picasso to Michael Jordan to um, Oprah, Elon Musk, (laughs) maybe even Kim Kardashian, all those people, every single one of those people were not better. Elon Musk is not better than anybody else. Oprah is not better than anybody else. Kim Kardashian is definitely not better than anybody else. But then why are they legendary? Why do we look to Picasso as one of the greatest painters of all time? But yet, he really wasn't. You know, you look at his stuff and <laughs> you look at his stuff and you're like, you know, I really think that like, you know, maybe I, could, I have a couple of friends that, you know, could, could do a little better than that. But this is what made Picasso, Elon Musk, Oprah and uh, all those other people legendary 
Um, and it was one thing. It was because they chose to be different. You see, Oprah... Let's start with Oprah. Let's think about Oprah. Like, Oprah was not necessarily um, a big-time star. She was, I think, a, a, like a TV news anchor or something like that. And it just didn't work out for her. She would have ended up, you know, I think she was asked to step down for some reason. And I think it's just like she would probably, if she had continued going along her original path, she probably would have just been a newscaster. And we would have never heard of Oprah Oprah Winfrey. She would have just been a Chicago newscaster, and we wouldn't have heard, known her from, you know, Dr. Phil. But, um, who consequently probably wouldn't have been heard from either. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she decided to do something different. She created her own program. She was one of the first people to create their own program that was based on her own topic. So it was like she was a newscaster, but it was on something that she wanted to talk about it was like almost like the first reality television and then obviously kim kardashian stepped that up to another notch <laughs> with her sex tape we won't go about we won't go into that but she went in a little bit further and um actually made a show based on her life which has never been heard of before so these two people oprah and oprah winfrey and kim kardashian they became legendary, not because they were better than everybody else, or, you know, they had better shows than everybody else, but it's just because it was something different. So uh, even think about, like, uh, going back to uh, Pablo Picasso. See, he was great, you know, he was a decent painter or whatnot, but he didn't, like, he wasn't known because of his landscape painting, you know. Nobody thinks about Picasso and his, like, you know, beautiful paintings of the, the Spanish landscape. They think about, you know, the blue period and the cubism and you know, all those other nuances and um, styles of painting that he came up with. You know, because he was the first one to do it, he became legendary. So the first thing that you, what you have to um, consider is that if you're trying to live the good life, it's not really about, it's not really about um, being better, but being surreal. I mean, being real. <laughs> so that's number one. On to number two. Yeah, so um, so number two. Rule number two. Uh, know thyself. It's so important to know yourself, not only from a physical standpoint, but also from a mental standpoint. You know, it's great to know, like, what your body type is, endomorph, ectomorph, or mesomorph. But it's also, know, it's also important to know, like, um, how you think and what your tendencies are in... in, in, in um, like in your decision making. So like some people may be more conservative, some people may be uh, more like of a risk taker. And you know, those are things that are, those are general ways to know who you are or whatnot. But some other ways to think about who you are are like, you know, taking the, um, uh, the Myers-Briggs test. That's one thing I think recently that's been, um, I, can't, I wouldn't want to say debunked, but it's definitely, um, it's, it's taken some flack lately into being not as accurate as we once thought as uh, in uh, predicting one's personality, but I still think that it has its uh, value. But there's another one, uh, another test that you could take online. It's, uh, it's called the Hexaco test. You can get a Hexaco score, and that actually shows you your level of um, deviance. So uh, I think that's a really important test. That's actually one of those uh, tests that I found that um, really is a good predictor of what people are thinking and uh, what they would normally, uh, what their propensity would be 
into in um, your normal everyday situations. And I found a little bit more about myself in terms of like um, how how <laughs> how narcissistic I am, and <laughs> I'm not that narcissistic on the scale. I'm like I think I was like a little bit narcissistic. It, it was still within the like the median range or whatnot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Um, Taking tests, like, you know, personality tests are really important. Obviously, you know, kind of uh, finding out what is um, good for you in terms of foods. You know, you don't want to walk around not, not knowing you're allergic to, to foods and eating them and finding out that, you, you know, that you, you could be 10 pounds less because you're not eating bread or at the very most severe. Um, you could be... Uh, not dead because <laughs> you ate something you're allergic to. I can't think of anything else other than that scenario, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would say number two, even though I don't have much to talk about it other than, you know, take a personality test and know your body type, I think it's very important because there's a lot of people that just have no idea how they function on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, if you had even uh, just, uh, just a little bit of an idea, I think uh, a lot of people in this world would have a... Um, an easier time in um, making uh, making decisions uh, for the future. Let's roll on to general life tip number three. All right, so here we go. Let's keep this party rocking. We are rolling into uh, principal general life tip number three. Uh, so this one's a little tough one because a lot of people feel like the uh, a lot of people get this wrong. You know, a lot of people, you know, they go to school and they work hard. And they, um, even my grandmother, um, she was kind of ascribed a, a to this particular philosophy or you know, contrary to my, this particular philosophy. So the thing is that um, a lot of people believe that if you just work like, you know, 15, 16 hours a day, that, you know, you're automatically guaranteed success. You know, you work hard, you know, you, know, you run through walls and all that stuff. Team no sleep, hashtag team no sleep. All that stuff, yeah, people say that um, if you work super hard that you should be able to get whatever you want, but that's not, <clears throat> I would have you consider that's not even, it's not even close to the case. See, the thing is that what really gets people what they, what they want in life is not, but, you know, not working 16 hours a day and uh, suffering to get what they want, you know, it's just, that's just not how it works. And I, I really want to reiterate this, this point that you can absolutely not suffer your way to success, happiness, fulfillment, whatever you want to call that. You just cannot do that. There's no way that you can endure, endure suffering and on the other end, um, <clears throat> get, get fulfillment in your life. Now, you, there, <clears throat> there are some philosophies or whatnot where you can kind of ignore um, uh, discomfort or whatnot, but um, that's not the same as suffering. Suffering is actually your emotions and how you feel about something, and you're <clears throat> emotionally, uh, you know, not not going at it in the same way as uh, something that you that you love. Say, like, you know, obviously, if you're working um, 16 hours on something that you love, as opposed to 16 hours that you absolutely hate. You can imagine that you're probably going to get to what you want in terms of success, fulfillment, and happiness a lot sooner than you would uh, if you were suffering your way to happiness. And, and in fact, I'd mentioned my grandma earlier, and that's because that um, she was an, she's an immigrant, or she was an immigrant. Unfortunately, she passed um, earlier on this, or, or, excuse me, uh, early last year, or the summer of last year. And um, she used to work 16-hour days pretty much until her until she retired. 
<clears throat> if probably not, and if probably till not after, uh, probably. And I think she retired, like you know, technically not at that retirement age. She was kind of closer to like seventy when she retired. So can you, you can imagine, you know, working sixteen-hour days and um, doing what you know, and uh, you would think that you would make quite a bit of money. But the thing is that, like, when you're working sixteen-hour days, even though my grandmother was like, you know, a deaconess in a church and she was really good with her money, she just could not find like the happiness because uh, she couldn't find the happiness, she couldn't find the fulfillment, and she didn't really have success. Even though she made a decent amount of money, a lot of that money was actually dedicated or um, she you know, was uh, siphoned off to things that would bring her joy. So <clears throat> the thing is that if you make a if you make a decent amount of money and you're suffering, you're gonna it's gonna be like having a uh, panhandling uh, for gold with a with a um, with a hole in your bucket because um, you're gonna always on the back end end up spending a lot of money just to get to get to that feeling of happiness and fulfillment on it, even though you are making money. So um, <clears throat> the best way to get around that, you know, um, to not have uh, to not be suffering is to, I think I mentioned this before, but to meditate, you know, that's good to get in touch with who you are and get in touch with what motivates you and so that um, you're not constantly doing the same thing that's uh, just for money. Also, another thing to do is to set up a real game plan, you know, just think about what you really want in life and what um, interests you and um, uh, do something called um, reverse engineer uh, what you want and kind of work backwards and um, just take it step by step, day by day, and uh, achieve your goals. So there you go. So that's a, uh, general life tip number three, and we're going to move right on to number four, and that's be present. So yeah, so into uh, so in the number four, like I said, being present. Um, oh, that's that's kind of a thing that that's it's a it's a fad right now. I, I don't I, I guess I shouldn't say it's a fad because it's it's becoming more of a a trend, and I think it's going to be something that we all start to turn towards um, in our everyday lives. You know, mindfulness, um, the practice of being present, and um, just appreciation for life. That's just something that um, people are now becoming uh, more and more aware of. So presence, as I said, it's the you know, it's kind of the appreciation. In in essence, it's the, it's 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 the appreciation of life. So. You know, as you get older, you know, as we start adulting and paying bills and working on this, that, and the other thing, it does become a little bit more difficult to um, keep that level of pre presence in your life. You know, you're thinking probably like, how do I get through this day, or how do I get through this, uh, get through this meeting, or how do I get through get through this uh, these these next few weeks or next few months until my next vacation. And, you know, I get it, you know, it's easy to lose sight of, like, what can make you happy and fulfilled and uh, present to the, current, uh, to the current moment. And it's, you know, it's a lot easier to um, feel that, um, y that everything is kind of out of your control and you're just trying to, like, work with it. But um, it's really easy to, to, be, to be present. You know, it, it, a lot of people think it's, like, super hard uh, same thing with meditation, but it, it, it's really easy. Um, and to do that, to get present, to be present, excuse me, to get presence is a different thing. You can't get present. Getting presence is like what you get on your birthday and stuff. Yeah, yeah because being present is more of an essence of your of your um, of your uh, of your own presence. 
So, um, yeah, you can't get present. You just become present. It becomes a part of you. So, uh, like I said, um, the easiest way, or uh, I, I'd say the, the, um, the shortcut to becoming present is to have appreciation for where you are in life and just sit quietly and appreciate the fact that you're alive. You know, um, th I think it's been said that the chances of you being a human being on this earth are actually something like 400 trillion to one. And I think that's the same thing as saying you have less of a chance of being born a human being on this earth than if you won the lottery, I think, like every day, uh, every day for like five years straight or something like that. I think it's like you have more of a chance of winning the lottery every day for five years straight than being a human being on this earth. So that's something that you can really appreciate that. I really appreciate because there's not many people that have won the lottery more than like one or two times. So imagine winning the lottery five years straight and you still are not even close to um, the probability of you being a human being on this earth. So having that appreciation and just you know, having that love and gratitude for the earth, uh, you know, for being on this earth and hearing hearing you know water run and hearing the wind in the, in in the trees it's, that goes a long way to your happiness cuz the thing the thing is that a lot of people when they're talking about um you know what makes them happy and fulfilled uh, they think about money or promotions or toys but the thing is that the most important thing to all of us no matter who you are is feeling good and it doesn't matter what you do to get there. Well, it does, obviously. If it's something that's not healthy, then it's something that you probably want to reconsider. But if it's something that's just, like I said, taking a deep breath and realizing that you know, that we are all one and all that good frou-frou stuff or whatnot, I don't want to say it's frou-frou because it's, it's got some legitimacy. Having gratitude is, I think, the essence to being present. So that's that's rule number four. I probably could probably expand on that a little bit. We're going to roll right into um, general fitness tip number five. Halfway. Let's go. So, yeah, here we go. Number five. We're at that halfway point. And how appropriate is this next, uh, this next general tip? Keep doing. Yes, keep doing. That is so important because, um, you know, a lot of people were perfectionists. You know, that's, that's kind of, I mean... It's good to be be proud of your work. Don't get me wrong. It's absolutely proud, you know, something to be proud of your work. And I think that's important. You know, and the reason why that's important is because a people are, you know, interested in seeing the raw I mean, I know for people, for certain people that I listen to, I'd love to hear like their raw audio and how many takes it took them to <laughs> record something really awesome cuz I'm sure that a lot of those people out there that you see like on TV shows and podcasts and other forms of media, probably, you know, they don't do it on the first take, except for people, some people like maybe like Gary V or something like that. I know for a fact that he probably does um, his stuff. But even so, even though he does it, you know, one take, he has people editing his, 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 his stuff. So um, the lesson that we can learn from all that, I guess the... the the, uh, the rundown of what I'm trying to say here is that to be good at anything, you can't just, you know, go into a cave and just dream up what is going to be great for you or dream up greatness. That never happens, you know? Like, even Aristotle and Socrates, even these guys, they had people around them that they consulted. 
that help them formulate their ideas and create that framework for um, their, philo their philosophy that we know today. So um, let me kind of give you a practical, a practical tip on how to do this. And how I'm going to give you that practical tip is on, on a story from my, co uh, from my college years. So um, back in the day, I did, um, I did you know, a couple art classes because uh, if, you have, if you're just tuning in, I went to a liberal arts school. I talked about it in a couple episodes. Um, and you, you know, liberal arts schools, you just don't, you, you take different classes. So one of my classes was an art class where I, we, we did certain, we did paintings. Uh, it was freestyle painting, you know, some stuff we did tracing and you know, we would trace stuff and then, you know, paint it out and some stuff we kind of had to freestyle draw. It was cool. But um, there's an interesting part to, um, to the class. There was one part where the professor graded us on two different things. Now this is, this is a testament to liberal arts education. It wasn't just about that artwork for us. He put these two different groups together. He said one group is going to be a group that just uh, is graded solely on how much they put out, how much volume they can put out. And the other group was, ba was graded based on how good um, their paintings were. You know, it's kind of funny. Because I bet you would guess, most people probably guess that the, the group that, would, that won was the one that took their time and thought out the pieces and created like these great pieces. The unfortunate thing is that um, the people that really um, got the better grades uh, were the ones that just kept putting out piece after piece after piece after piece every day. It's kind of funny, because, but if you think about it, it was practice, and it was practice in completing something. See, like, if you were thinking that, like, I'm going to just think it out and try to plan it out and then, like, work it bit by bit by bit, you're going to continue working bit by bit by bit because you don't have a game plan in, in, in place into actually completing something. But if you get in the habit of completing something, even if it's not the best thing in the world, you get in the habit of practicing telling your brain that it's okay to keep, cre keep creating even though something is not perfect. So, like, you, you get in the habit of, like, saying, all right, I'm done with this, on to the next thing, and I'll just get better with the next thing. So, rule number five is to just keep doing. All right, so those are the first five. We're going to pick back up next Thursday with the six through ten. As I said, they kind of go all together, and once you get the first five, you'll understand why I have those in that order. So, anyways, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you listening. Whenever you're listening, whether it be morning, afternoon, or evening, you know, I hope you're having a good one. Uh, you know, as I said, uh, I would love for you to subscribe. Uh, if you're not subscribed, uh, please get on that. I, I see that you're listening because I, I can see you know, who's listening. So I can see that you're listening, but I don't see you subscribe. So get on that subscription. Just click that button on iTunes or, or Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play or wherever you're listening to it. Just click that subscribe button. Anyways, <laughs> as I said, I really appreciate you listening. Check for me uh, tomorrow for Fulfillment Friday. And as always, keep good company.